You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pain.tv slash gold. I am your host, Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Folks, folks, did you think about it over the break? I mean, what, what is that line in the sand for you? I mean, where do you draw the line between living a healthy life and then literally becoming Count Dracula dressed up in a Liberace suit, hurting other people, uh, raping women, um, I don't know, forcing abortions upon them so that you can live forever? I mean, is this is this the type of stuff these people that we analyze here at the Dust and Gold Standard, is this what they talk about at their salons out in the Bahamas, in Hollywood, in New York City, uh, in, in Paris, you know, around the world? Is this what they sit around and talk about at dinners, folks? I mean, is this seriously it? All right, let's continue. We have to wrap this up. But I want you to hear the rest of what Peter Nygaard has to say. It's wow. like I'm a stem cell, you know? Wow. And it works. Yeah. Are you in L.A. all the time? Are you traveling all the time? I travel constantly around the world. I have a beautiful airplane, and I go around the world twice a year. I got factories all over the world. I got stem cell business all over the world, you know. So I'm in constant motion here. So he says he has a plane. He travels twice a year all over the world. He has factories everywhere. He has... Uh, stem cell business all over the world apparently rape colonies as well but now let's continue with this you help every woman to look thin every woman to look thin with my slims especially yeah exactly. that's what that band is all about that band's all about making your body look slim and that's what every woman wants you know it makes her slim and shapes her behind how does somebody get behind this stem cell you really yeah, you see, the interviewer is like, wait a second, I'll ask you something about your fashion line. But uh, back in 2014 here, he's like, I- I'm fascinated with what this crazy stem cell talk you're you're mentioning here. Let's get back to that, Peter. Stem cell. You really, once you start looking at an internet and start looking at the word stem cell, it just opens up a whole new world to you, you know? They've got number one university in the world in stem cells in translational medicine is University of Miami, the people there here now. You get a chance to talk to some of the people here. Some of them are guys who are actually working for me or my associates, you know. I invited about 50 of them here. Great. Yeah. Okay, so at this party, he said he has 50 people, basically, I don't know, scientists, business guys involved with the stem cell industry at this event. Some of them are his associates. Some work for him, he said. Is there any associate that you could refer me to to talk to about this later? Another on another day. My own medical scientist. This is my chief scientific officer. Hello. She's Hello. The, she's Hi. the number one in stem cells in the world. It's amazing. So I just brought up a little bit of what I was doing. She's responsible for my body. Nothing goes into my body without her approval. <laughs> I like that. She's chargeable. So you, you can talk to her about it more now. Thank you so much. Okay, so he brings this woman over who he says, uh, you know, is his personal doctor and nothing goes into his body without her approval. Hi. 
Josie? Uh, yeah, I'm Dr. Jyoti Devakumar. Okay. Hi. You look stunning. Thank You're a beautiful you. Woman. Thank you. Now, I was telling him that uh, there's a guy that plays volleyball in his house sometimes who uh, saved my life. He's a physical therapist at the Center for Neuroskills in Encino. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing people I was not, I wasn't walking two months ago. And I'm seeing other people like me that are going from not walking to walking. And it's been amazing just the technology that nobody knows about. So, 10 years from now, every field of medicine would be affected by stem cells. There's not going to be a single field in medicine which will not, which wouldn't have adopted stem cells. So, I think that represents the future. Okay, so she's talking about in 2014 that there will not be a field in medicine that is not affected by stem cells. And for all of you uh, that paid attention to sort of the political news for the last decade, you would probably know stem cells was real big at the time. They were pumping this idea of stem cells and embryonic stem cells and taking stem cells out of the umbilical cord. So although it sort of uh, drifted off my radar, radar over the years, I think we're going to have to circle back around at some point and take a look at stem cells as related to the fourth industrial revolution. So I just took a note of that now, folks. Let's just continue with her and then we'll get back to Dr. Mar uh, Morgan. And uh, so far, medicine treats symptoms of the disease. Now with stem cells, we'll be able to treat the root cause of the disease and cure disease again, as again just maintain the disease state. What, what has kept this from becoming widely used here? Any new technology goes through a phase of criticism, a lot of rejection. Okay, okay. So he asks her, and that, that's the end of this clip. So he asks her uh, why it isn't, say, widely used at that time in 2014. And you heard her there uh, saying that all this medicine goes through a phase of rejection, goes through a phase of criticism. And so I've told you before, what happens is they have to push these things out in an adoption campaign to get people to adopt them so they have to say well stem cells are going to cure people that can't walk just like that gentleman who was doing the interview said right and so he mentions the center for neuro skills where he was repaired and there's other people there that can walk now and so that's the tug at your heartstrings uh human emotion um, adoption of the technology but then you see Nygaard standing there talking about how he's using it for his thirst for immortality his quest for eternal life and so then fast forward six years from there and you see him getting arrested for raping women and children to get access to their aborted embryo uh, their aborted fetus so that he could ha uh, harvest stem cells for himself to live forever like Count Dracula. Okay, and so that's what you're seeing her talking about there. But I told you, with many of these technologies, you know, I'm 41, so I see it now. At 20 years old, I didn't see it. But at 40 now, that there's a generation who's come up beneath me, I see how much the world has changed since I was a kid, you know, 30 years ago. And so it only takes one generation to breed 
some specific piece of, say, culture out of the society. It only takes one generation to push a full-blown adoption campaign before the iPhone is kind of, ah, the older people don't want it, to where all of a sudden now 90% of people are using a smartphone. Or a lot of older people are on Facebook to connect with old high school friends. So it only takes one generation to push these technologies um, these uh, Frankenstein uh, scientific healthcare technologies into the lexicon and then force the adoption on the people before it actually becomes a norm. You've seen this happen with uh, social issues, okay, in the United States, election cycle to election cycle. And so you'll see things like gay marriage you'll see stuff like abortion etc and it only takes a generation before it's just widely accepted uh you know marijuana was very taboo now people just go down to the government store and buy their pot you know gay marriage was very taboo now it's what is it in all 50 states now probably and so it only takes one generation to engineer the culture on social issues look at fiscal issues all right it used to be a big deal to say the country has 10 trillion dollars in debt now it's what 23 24 trillion over 300 trillion in unfunded liabilities and it's just accepted now nobody really cares there's no fights about it it would be taboo if we were raising the taxes by one or two percent they could raise them five percent tomorrow at the end of the day nobody really cares so the same thing goes for these technologies yeah they will say stem cell uh, embryonic stem cell use they will say designer babies they will say deans uh, gene splicing they will say you know dna editing and at first people go oh this is immoral it's unethical but go one generation and it's just widely accepted because what happens is they normalize it and they humanize it through media through the paid talking heads uh the people on television the large podcasters like uh joe rogan now he helps normalize and humanize transhumanism by bringing people like elon musk on and letting him sit there and smoke a joint and drink whiskey with him and tell him how cool it is that he's building a brain chip to put in your head and so eventually what happens to the people like me or like you who see the dangers in this who understand what's coming who are able to recognize the slippery slope who are able to spot the con the scheme the scam the grift uh, who are able to recognize a snake oil salesman and a con man a matchstick man we're able to see that but what happens with most of us is you go one generation not even you go 10 years you go five years and what happens is we've just been desensitized to it because there'll be so much discussion about it and then nothing being done to actually push back and fight it that we just become desensitized to it you desensitize to destabilize and so that's what ends up happening and so when she says hey in 10 years so confidently back in 2014 she says hey in 10 years it'll just be so widely accepted it'll be in all these industries right now it's going through a point of criticism but eventually everyone will be doing it and so we'll look back into stem cell research and see if there's any connections on that to companies like peter thiel's ambrosia the young blood injection company uh 
And we'll see if these guys seeking immortality are using stem cells now. If Ray Kurzweil and others are injecting them into their bodies like Peter Nygaard was doing. So I'm sure we could find a lot of ties. I'm not going to do that uh, right away because we're talking about the military uh, mind control and brain hacking technology at this point. I've got to work my way to uh, Dr. James Giordano, probably have a public discussion with Maria Albanese to wrap this up and fill in any blanks that I might miss over these few episodes. And then from there, we're going to go back into Joe Biden's executive order and then over to Operation Paperclip. And I have a whole bunch of shows planned uh, after that, to tie everything together and start to take all the work we've done. As I work towards episode 50, I want to really pull everything together and do a recap on 50 so we can reset and start on some new topics, folks. That's the plan anyway. But I suffer from slight ADD, if you haven't noticed. So sometimes my plans change if my brain gets pulled in another direction. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we jump right in to Dr. Charles Morgan III. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. All right, so thank you, Formal Hop, for that. I told you guys if you send me over information that fits into the theme of the show, I will try to plug it in as soon as I have a chance, and I will definitely give you credit for it. I appreciate the folks at pain.tv slash gold. It's a fantastic community over there. And for those of you who have been sending me bits of information, I thank you sincerely from the bottom of my human heart. All right, folks, here it is. We need to get back into Dr. Charles Morgan III. I rolled this back a minute from where we ended yesterday. Uh, just to refresh your mind, but he is in the middle of talking about the underground black market biohacking community, you know, putting chlorine into people's eyes to give them night vision. And he talks about how they can learn from the biohacking community. It's basically this off the books biohack testing that isn't necessarily done at a sanctioned military base. I mean, that's really what it is, folks. All right, so let's play that, and then we'll get going into the new material here. About studying and experimenting on humans. There's a biohacking community that is not part of the official science community that is busy trying to attach hardware to humans, and they do it in their basements. Uh, they study up on how to do the surgeries, how to connect devices, how to put motherboards in people. Um, and they may use it for some purposes, like phishing, using RFID signals in their hands to take information from you. But uh, there are some other interesting developments. When you start thinking about the fluidity of what you can do with the brain, they're experimenting with CE6 and giving people with eye drops night vision. 
for several hours, a person receiving the night drops can see over 160 feet in the dark. So it's a lot easier to look through your own eyes than it is to put on nods. And it will be a short time before you get a better solution than we get from the biohacking community. But it could also be readily available to almost anybody on the planet. So he's saying, I mean, you, you catch that? He's saying it'll only be a short time until there's a better solution that we get from the biohacking community. And in the first minute there, he said, uh, these are biohackers working outside of the official science community. And he smiles. He's giggling. He's very giddy. He's like a little schoolgirl, all excited about this. So I get the strong impression that he knows uh, who these biohackers are. Maybe they're even sanctioned by the government in some way, folks. And I told you yesterday I'm going to do a show on this particular gentleman that I investigated several years back who was one of these guys that I believe was an off-the-books, uh, basically MK Ultra mind control sort of practitioner who had ties into the government, uh, special operators and such, who then was running what I believe was an operation off the book, similar to this biohacking stuff that Dr. Charles Morgan III is talking about, that he's so excited about. All right, let's continue. Um, it's going to be harder to keep this under control than it is to keep the special lenses and uh, night vision technology. Um, so uh, I think it's really important that people pay attention to to this kind of a thing because that can give humans the natural ability for a while to see in the dark. And give humans the natural ability to see in the dark. So it's hard to understand. Is he afraid of you and I being able to see in the dark? We'll be able to hack ourselves around the night vision goggles that you can buy, but they cost thousands of dollars. I don't know, folks. I don't know what he's talking about. Let's continue because it gets creepier. If you think that you've seen some nutty stuff from this guy in the last 23 minutes, wait until you see what he has in store for you. The other new possibility coming along is that seeing in the dark is something you don't really naturally do that well. Uh, but with animals who've been able to achieve a, num a number of other things, one of which is giving them uh, an extra sensory ability, if you will. I'll show you a short clip. People decided they wanted to know if they could give the rat an ability to do something it does not naturally have. Okay, so now they're getting into true, you know, biohacking and gene editing. So they want to see if they can give a rat a trait that it doesn't naturally have. So think about it in our place, right? If you took a human and humans don't have the ability to fly, could they staple flying squirrel wings on you? so that you can jump out of a tree and fly. All right, let's, let's watch this, folks. Recently, researchers have given rats an implant which allows the animal to obtain, as they call it, a sixth sense. The laboratory subjects were able to search and detect infrared lights, which is an exceptional accomplishment given that rats cannot normally see infrared lights. A team at Duke University placed infrared detectors which were wired up to tiny electrodes into the part of their brains that processes tangible information. A source involved with the experiment, Eric Thompson states, This is the first paper in which a neuroprosthetic device was used to augment function, literally enabling a normal animal to acquire a sixth sense. Researchers claim that the device could also help humans regain sight if placed in the appropriate part of the brain. 
Last year, researchers used a computer-chip-ridden prosthetic system to help transmit light signals in the brains of mice. The minds behind the study hoped to move on to human trials using the retinal device to restore sight to those who had lost their vision. Okay, 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 let's just freeze it. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you see already what they're doing? You understand this, right? And, and I, there's a few people who wrote us here, and I appreciate it, saying now when they're watching these commercials showing virtual reality headsets and augmented reality headsets, they're easily able to spot the con, the grift, the scam, the scheme, the adoption campaign, right? And so that's what you're seeing here again. They implanted a device in rats so that they can gain the sixth sense and see infrared lights. And they're hoping to move on to human trials so they can restore sight in people that are blind. Okay. As if these mad scientists, transhumanist technocrats care about blind people. No. Now the blind people become their guinea pigs. You know, the, the craziest part... I. I really don't like to talk about this because it limits the ability to push the show out to certain people. But it's like you take the people with paralysis, you take the people with dementia, you take all of the, uh, you know, autism, all these things that have sort of accelerated and grown in the last number of years here in the United States and around the world. And then all of a sudden, it's like you have access to all these guinea pigs, all these people that you can do experiments on now. And so you say, well, I don't know. In the last couple of years, it was like COVID land, the high school theater production. Did they gin something up? Did they create a situation, a scenario so that they could run tests on everyone? They could turn everyone into guinea pigs? And, and like I said, I don't know. They were talking about nanobots. We know there's nanoparticles in the shots. But, I mean, were they running tests? Are they seeing how people are doing? I don't know. I mean, so that they could develop some sort of a nanobot shot for themselves. I mean, we know that's what they're after. Ray Kurzweil and others admit it. And so, do they create the problem, which is people with more of these disabilities, so they could provoke a reaction, which is the science community needs to heal them, and then they have a solution, come on in here, we're going to do mad scientist experiments on you, until they perfect the technology for themselves, or if it's something that's going to be a net minus, they could use it against everyone else. I don't know, it gets you thinking though, it does get you thinking, let's continue. So people are playing with chemicals to enhance the human capacity. They're also experimenting now with how do you add a device to the mammalian brain to give it an extra sensory ability. You may not want to detect infrared. You might want to have a room temperature detector of radiation, depending on what your job is in life. So when you think about it, uh, the possibility now is there to develop different kinds of devices. They could be perhaps used either by intelligence people or by uh, uh, people in the military to have an extra ability to be able to see through walls, to uh, see heartbeats. We used to play with the uh, 18 gigahertz microwave uh, detectors where we could pick up heartbeats through anything but solid steel and water, but that could easily be a human who can see the unique heartbeat that's behind the wall over there that's thermal and sensitive. Do, do, do you hear what he's talking about here? Folks, this isn't some quack science uh, teacher in eighth grade smoking a joint on his break with the other whacked out teachers during lunch 
coming back into his eighth grade class and babbling away while he's high as a kite to his classroom of unsuspecting students. No, this guy is employed by the government under U.S. government grants. He's former CIA. He said at the beginning of the lecture that the basis for this presentation he's giving in 2018 was on sort of his exit exam out of the CIA after working there for almost a decade, where they asked him to predict the future, and he said, well, I'll predict for you what's going to happen in the next five years. And so he developed a presentation as part of his exit interview with the CIA, and now he's giving this lecture in 2018 to a room full of West Point Military Academy cadets and faculty. And he's sitting there talking about augmenting the human brain for intelligence officials and military men to have superhuman powers and be able to do things without using a physical advice, a gadget, a tool, a piece of technology in the form of a product. He's talking about engineering the human body, the human brain, to develop extraordinary senses, like the ability to see a heartbeat through a wall, the ability to pick up radiation uh, and detect radiation. He's talking about developing mutant Marvel superheroes. I mean, look, you might be in agreement with this. You might think this is all fine and dandy. Uh, You may have been aware of it by now, uh, that it's at this level. But for the vast majority of us, who didn't know that it was at this level and didn't know that our government was actually sanctioning these things and actually sending in a former CIA guy who's talking about the future, uh, this modification, gene editing, DNA splicing, you know, mind control, body control, physical control from human to human, to stand there in front of a room full of West Point cadets and talk to them about this. I mean... Does it not worry you in the least that this is going on? Like right out in the open, this stuff is unclassified, which thank God it is because at least we're able to watch it, but it's unclassified and it's sanctioned and it's being paid for with our tax dollars. That they have this man on a government grant working out of the University of New Haven, former CIA, works for the military, helps select special operators for special teams and such, that this guy is just allowed to walk around like this and just openly talk about these things as if they're normal? See, this is now normalized because most people would just say, well, whatever, it's the military, or yeah, I'm sure they're doing that. But do you agree with the fact that they're doing that? Do you think it's okay? Does he creep you out? I mean, think about this stuff as we go to a quick commercial break. Really, let it absorb in because I want you to just understand and really appreciate what you just heard coming from this guy who is on uh, retainer from the government to research 
these technologies and to update them on what's coming, what they can do, how they can utilize these things for their own purposes, both for offense and defense. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let it sink in. Think about it. We'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 